The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. Well, Santa looked a lot like Daddy. Her Daddy looked a lot like him. That's not the way I had him pictured. The Santa was much too thin. He didn't come down the chimney. So Mama must have let him in. Welcome to The Crude Life, a week in review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us here at The Crude Life. Coming up on today's episode, we have a fantastic program in store for you. Beth Demke with Bismarck Gateway to Science Center discusses a recent $250,000 donation from Hess Corporation. Demke details where the resources are allocated, where they're going to, how they're going to be doing a transforming energy section in the new Science Center gallery, thanks to Hess Energy Corporation and other energy Donations at the Bismarck Gateway Science Center. Executive Director Beth Demke joins us in just a moment or two. Also, oh, and STEM. Lots going on with STEM, so we talk about that as well. Also, Jordan Dyer with LFS Chemistry. He talks about the market and what it's like for startups in this highly competitive chemical service energy industry Boy, I tell you what, it's heating up more and more. I hear it every single day. It doesn't matter what shale play you're in. It's very competitive. Jordan talks about how the industry is just flooded with snake oil salesmen over the past decade, and companies are becoming more aware, and quality is starting to win out. Plus, our weekly Davis Refinery update from William Prentice with Meridian Energy Group, and much, much more on today's episode of The Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. And we're going to get right to Beth Demke with the Bismarck Gateway Center for Science. Beth Demke, I'm Executive Director of Gateway to Science. Thank you very much for joining us today. We're here to talk about a nice story that's happening in the oil and gas industry. Hess Corporation donates, gives Bismarck Gateway to Science Center $250,000 grant to develop a new energy exhibit and back new STEM activities. Uh, we're being joined by Beth Demke. How are you doing today? Executive Director to the Gateway Science. How are you doing today? Sorry, I spoke too soon. That's all right. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Doing well. I appreciate you coming on to talk about this. great. I call it the great example of capitalism because I love how a lot of these uh, big companies are giving back to the communities that they're, they're involved in. And what a great way for an energy company to give back than in the world of science. I, I agree with you. It's, it's a great way for the company to support community in the region um, and, and also to help with job force development. And I, I don't think a lot of people consider Gateway to Science in that pathway, but we, we truly are. We start from very young children um, and get kids interested in the world of STEM. You know, and we help their parents and their caregivers understand what some of those career possibilities can be. So when a company like Hess Corporation steps up and supports those efforts, it's huge. This is one of the ways of cultivating tomorrow's trades, tomorrow's skills. And I'm glad you brought that up because, in fact, I'll be in Watford City doing a roundtable discussion with high school kids because they're bringing a lot of these skills and uh, trade initiatives if you will into the schools to get them ready for the basically the new the tomorrow's jobs that are here today if you, i mean that's probably the best way to put it tomorrow's jobs that are here today that are here today and some of tomorrow's jobs that we don't know about yet 
In you fact, know, and so a lot of it is developing those transferable skills, and STEM skills are all about that. It's when when you are STEM literate, you are much more prepared for what's coming next. And that's, and that's really what, where. That's what we're yeah, because that's that's what's happening. I remember my last year of college, they were making jokes that, you know, the people entered, entering computer science, by the time they graduated college, the stuff that they learned was already outdated. That was that was a and, weird and dynamic. The exact, the exact science might have been outdated, but the transferable skills that they were ga- gaining were still applicable. Right, and, and that's... And it was. Someone, it was shortly after that that STEM came out to where it was like a, a short period to where they started noticing that the technology was advancing too fast. But you're right. They did notice there was a core and these transferable skills that were there. And so uh, you started seeing more focus on that as opposed to I think they broke them down into MIS, CIS and all these different forms of technology that they're like, wow, the speed of things are just happening so fast. How do you describe STEM to somebody? Let's, you know, it's, um, I know it's science, technology, engineering, math, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Well, it's, it's seeing the world from a critical thinking perspective. It's, it's looking at things in a way as a problem solver. So, you know, to me, a lot of it is that engineering brain set you see a problem and you work through in a critical way to solve a problem. That's a lot about what STEM is. STEM then is, you know, then you get the skills to do all of that, to, to you know, apply those skills to solve the problems. But starting with that mindset of finding what is the problem, analyzing what it is, you try, a, you know, you design a solution, you try it. And then if it doesn't work, and most of the time it doesn't the first time, time then you redesign but it's all that critical thinking that goes into solving problems that's what stem's about what kind of uh activities uh talk to me about the donation the resources uh what what are you guys going to be doing with this uh donation well twofold let's start with the outreach programming so gateway to science has a program that we call gateway gateway to science on the go it is a, a van filled with STEM activities that we take around the state. This year alone, we've been to over 60 different outreach programs. Um, and what Hess is doing for us there is 50,000 is going to help develop new programs and support that STEM outreach. Because there's a lot of folks in rural areas that maybe won't get to the Science Center here in Bismarck. So this is our way of making sure that our, our programming is, is accessible. So that's, that's really an important piece. And that was Beth Demke with the Bismarck Gateway Science Center. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Also, we'd like to remind you that today's holiday music is performed by Blind Joe. Feel free to pick up a copy of his holiday album available for download. I believe it's only 5 bucks. The link's available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And click on the Blind Joe Holiday Album link to download this holiday music that you're listening to. All right, we'll turn it up a little bit and enjoy this Blind Joe Christmas music here. So if Santa Claus ain't daddy, then I'm going to tell on them. Yeah, Santa looked a lot like daddy. Her daddy looked a lot like him. That's not the way I had him pictured. Santa was much too thin He didn't come down the chimney So 
mama must have let him in Well, Santa looked a lot like daddy Her daddy looked a lot like him Well, I never saw a dancer or prancer I never heard the sleigh bells ring I never saw a red-nosed reindeer Like they show on the TV screens But he sure brought lots of presents So Santa Claus he must have been But he sure looked a lot like daddy Or daddy looked a lot like him Yeah, Santa looked a lot like daddy Or daddy looked a lot like him That's not the way I had him pictured Cause Santa was much too thin Historic the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Off the red nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glowed. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Beth Demke with the Bismarck Gateway Science Center. So that's that's really an important piece. Um, the other portion of the don- donation, the two hundred thousand, is going to develop oil and gas exhibits for our new science center. So we broke ground in early October um, on a piece of property just across the street from the MDU Resources Community Bowl on the campus of Bismarck State College, and that will be opening mid-2021, and it will focus on all of the STEM that's happening out in our state, making those, those workforce connections that we talked about earlier. So those oil and gas exhibits will help students to understand the STEM that goes into developing energy. You know, why do we need energy? How do we get it? How do we most effectively use it? And really reflecting North Dakota's all of the above energy policy. Let me ask you a question, how you're connecting with, um, I imagine there's a lot of kids that are coming through. Yes. And it's um, the exhibits are more geared towards children than they are adults. I get adults can, you know, get something out of it, but the, I imagine the initial presentation is a little bit more focused towards kids. Is that correct? I would say at this point in our current gallery, that's true. As we move into our new space and we have bigger and better exhibits, we're really going to be serving from preschool all the way through adults. And there will be 
experiences in that new gallery that all ages will relate to. Okay. The nice thing about hands-on is that when you're young and you approach a hands-on exhibit, you may just be excited about one piece of it. The bottle rocket, for example. The bottle goes up in the air. We isn't that fun. When you get older, you start to understand more about it. It's the same exhibit, but you, you bring more of yourself. There's, there's a different approach to it. So every time you approach a hands-on exhibit, you are learning something new and different. There are layers that occur. So the, the better our exhibits are, the wider a range of age we can serve with those. So that's, that's the best way I can think of to, to explain how, you know, the difference between hands-on and maybe another type of learning. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you if there's anything that you're seeing that is engaging with the youth more than others, and, and hands-on would certainly be something that would fall in that category as my, my son, he, he went, he started out at a Montessori school and a lot of that had to do with the hands-on learning approach. You know, they don't just count exactly. to 10. They actually feel the beads as they count 10 beads out. So it's a, it's an yeah. audio, a visual and a kinesthetic. You could do that on a digital screen, but the tactileness of that bead experiment that you just explained is going to stick in the brain longer than something that they saw digitally. Without a so, doubt. I mean, there's, there's digital, it, it's important, there, there's lots of different ways of learning. But the hands-on, my experience, is that it sticks with you longer. There, there's just something about that tactileness of manipulating something on your own that makes all the difference. So, so it, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, we've, we've been doing this for 25 years here at Gateway to Science. I've been with the organization from the beginning. So I've actually seen how this works over the years and watched some of these students that have gone through our programs from the time they were very young, you know, all the way through high school. I've, you know, we've got kids that have gone to college that are having kids of their own now that, you know. Um, so we, we've seen this growth happen, and that's, that's why I say, when you approach a, a hands-on experience, experience, it's a completely different thing than any type of learning. I, I wanted to ask you, and I didn't want to, you know, this to get in, in any sort of conflict or, or political or anything like that, but it's, it's almost hard to these days talking energy without people going there. The, the direction I'm going is more of where the disconnection happened. Um, a lot of, in, in a lot of the same way that people don't understand that, you know, hamburger comes from a farm, it comes from a grocery store. Uh, I think a lot of that's happening with energy. You know, you mentioned North Dakota, all the above, and that's, that, that, that is a very uh, open-minded way to look at energy. And that's not the case in a lot of areas. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, kids today, they, they, there is a disconnect where the energy comes from, from the light switch. They just think it comes from the light switch. Um, STEM is a, is an interesting way to try to reconnect with, with children to kind of let them know about, you know, Hey, energy comes from a lot of different places. It's not just wind farms. It's not just fossil fuels. It's not just coal, whatever that might be. There's a lot of different areas. Um, I, I agree with you yeah. and, and we can do that in a non-political way. It's all about the science behind it. You know, starting with, well, why do we need so much energy? Well, look around you. You know, you, you want your cell phone charged. You want to get from point A to point B. You know, we do far more travel than generations before us. We have, we have a lot of energy needs or, or wants, 
for that matter. But so let's start with that. Then how do we get it? Where does it come from? There's lots of different sources. How do we then use it most efficiently? Are there some that are better than others? In some circumstances, there might be, but there's no one silver bullet best energy source. No, there, there's, there's really not. And where I see this STEM coming in is a great way to reach kids to explain that. And I don't know if yeah. it's being done or what, but when I see something like this, uh, 250, and the reason for the conversation, a $250,000 grant from uh, Hess Corporation to Bismarck's Gateway to Science Center. And, you know, when, when you start going with your mobile outreach and, and some of these things, um, is that is I don't is that part of the discussion at, at all? I mean, is Hess just donating this to donate it, or is there is the idea that you know at the end of the day the kids are going to understand that you know energy comes from a lot of different places when the light switch comes on? Well, certainly that's one of the reasons why an energy company would support what we're doing is because they appreciate the approach that we're taking in educating children and the general public about where their energy is coming from and how best to use it. Um, you know, and it, we're going to go back to that whole thing about what is STEM. It's all about critical thinking. When you understand the science that you're dealing with, you can make better choices and you can have a better understanding. If you're listening to things that maybe are not true or not completely science-based, then you, you may not be making the best critical choices. Yeah, that's and it's it's um it's a challenge these days. It really is. And like I said, it's, it's too, it reminds me a lot of the egg industry. Like I said, when when the detachment came, when supermarkets kind of became the new mm-hmm. place for your food, and the farmers went, "Hey, remember us?" <laughs> and, yes. and well, and we have the same conversations with those supporters of ours that are in the egg industry and those that are in the medical industry and those in the transportation industry. So all of this, you know, the science that's happening out in the world needs to be presented in an unbiased manner so that people can say, okay, now I understand the scientific principles behind what what is going on here. I I now get it. So talk to me as we wrap up here uh, about the energy companies. Um, This Hess one, one more time, is kind of a recap. Any other ones that maybe were recent that you might want to mention? And, you know, kind of give yourself an opportunity to explain to other energy companies that are listening or industry in general why someone like Hess would give you $250,000 and why you guys need this. Go ahead and give yourself a plug. Well, thank you. Um, Well, we are doing some really great work here in the area of STEM education, Um, both what we're doing physically now in our current building and our outreach program across the state. But what we really need in order to expand those programs is our new facility. Hess saw that as an opportunity for them to support what they value as well in STEM education. And I believe that most energy companies in the state have have a very similar approach to their support of STEM education. And that was Beth Demke with the Bismarck Gateway Science Center. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Also, I want to remind you folks that what you're listening to here is Blind Joe 
with the Christmas holiday music we have playing here. Blind Joe's albums are available for download. I believe they're like five bucks, something like that. Very inexpensive way to support singer-songwriters. That's one of the things we do here at The Crude Life is we support singer-songwriters and their independent efforts. And uh, what a great venue here. So we're going to turn up the uh, Christmas holiday music here in just a moment or two. And this is Blind Joe, a little outlaw, a little rowdy, a little... uh, Little 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 attitude to your little Christmas, little crude life Christmas, if you will. So uh, albums are available at thecrudelife.com. All right, Blind Joe, folks. Yeah, then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him As they shouted out with glee Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. Welcome back to The Crude Life, a week in review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, Jordan Dyer with LFS Chemistry. Yeah, this is Jordan Dyer with LFS Chemistry. Appreciate you coming on the program here today. We've got a fantastic interview in store today because we're going to talk a little bit about some issues as we wind down 2019, a year in review, decade in review. Dave, how are you doing today, sir? Great. How are you? Doing excellent here, winding down the, the year, the decade. Uh, first, before we get into you know the shift change, the retirement issue, and the startup slash capitalism that is still around in the energy industry, one of the last places that's still around, give you guys a, a nice little plug, let people know what you guys do in the energy industry, because we appreciate you coming on today's program. Sure. Yes, we are a, a new startup, uh, completions chemical-focused company. You know, my background personally is in the the completions chemical business and, you know, some of our key core uh, founding members, their background is is the same. And we just saw this time as an opportunity to to bring something different and really a fresh approach to the market and focus on service and and quality and really uh, customer oriented business. You know, that's what I I believe we want to drive out here. So creating a, a true friendship, relationship, partnership, not just 
you're you're selling something to a customer, but you're selling something to to a friend. So I think but, that's what you are business. You really hit a lot of key phrases there that I've been hearing over the past year, actually probably the past three years when it comes to your chemical industry, which would be a very competitive, aggressively competitive uh, niche part of the oil and gas industry. And I'd like to get your thoughts on on the competitive nature behind the, the chemical industry. But uh, I've, I've interviewed probably, you know, a dozen chemical companies in the past uh, three years. And the thing that I've heard over and over again is there's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there in the chemical world. And so a lot of companies are coming to companies and saying, hey, you're an ethical company we've done business with, or you're an ethical guy that we've done business with. Can you help us out here? And to me, that sounds a lot like what you guys experienced. Right, yeah. So I think that the industry has been kind of plagued with uh, what you described right there, a snake oil salesman or you know, promoting something that it's not, um, charging you know, way outside of market price or value, you know, what the chemistry is actually worth. And, you know, I think that, that we look at it like, you know, you have a, a, a problem, you know, we would like to provide a, a cost effective solution. You know, we're not out here trying to, to, uh, to sell, you know, a, a high end Cadillac at, you know, an astronomical price, whenever, you know, just the market is not there, you know, we, we try to provide something that is competitively priced. And, you know, I think our goal is to recover every drop of hydrocarbon that's left in a reservoir in, in source rock. So um, I think we look at we look at the rock very differently. I think we focus on true fundamentals. I think we focus on economics and science, real science. Um, I don't think we push anything that's not proven. Um, I don't think we over promote. I don't think we under promote. You know, I think we we provide value at a at a fair price. You know, that that's my goal, and I think that's the company's goal ultimately. It seems like the meek are inheriting the industry as a lot of the you know chuck and jivers, the snake oil salesmen. Uh, they they, they kind of really painted a picture, whereas a lot of the people who are uncomfortable painting that false picture. Kind of got left out in the weeds for two, three years, uh, and now the com- it sounds like the companies are coming back around. Uh, yeah. t- talk to me a little bit about how that is dealing with the the you know the the, the midstream operators, the the producers, the ones who got to kind of come back. And I, I know it's not hat in hand, so to speak, but um, what's it like dealing with them when they've been kind of chuck and jived and and kind of taken advantage of? Yeah, I, I think that. Everybody in this space really knows, um, you know, what's what's been around, and and they really talk, go back to just fundamentals of, of what has worked in the past for 30, 40, 50 years, and 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 what's what makes sense for them and their business today. Um, you know, I think that there was some experimentation in the industry uh, two, three, four, five years ago, um, even earlier than that, on trying different things and. Uh, and I think that there are operators open for trying different things as well. And, and there's nothing against, you know, trying something new. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I would encourage that. I think companies get set in their ways sometimes and they don't want to move or shift. Um, and there are some companies that go and bet the farm on a new technology. Um, I think we're probably somewhere in between that, you know. I think we, 
we view it as, hey, you know, I think the, the good old-fashioned way of doing business and, and knowing what you're talking about, knowing your product, knowing what you're selling, that goes a long way. So, you know, be an expert in your space. Don't try to be everything to everybody. I think people really do appreciate that. I think that 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 speaks volumes to you know your character and and what you really mean and what you stand for. So uh, that's us. That's you know that's that's what we believe in. You know. So I'm trying to think of a the three gentlemen that use this uh, phrase on my on my program about five years ago, and I, I know Ron Gibson from Questar was one of them. I want to say Lee Tillman from Marathon Oil. And then uh, maybe it was Lauren Scott, uh, who's a uh, economics advisor for the industry and also Louisiana State uh, University. And what they said was herd mentality. One of the biggest uh, detriments and the cons to the energy industry or the oil and gas industry is the herd mentality. Because sometimes, you know, when, when there's a not necessarily the best idea for the industry, the herd mentality still exists. And I'm wondering how much of that's going on right now. How much of the, you know, because there's we're really in uncharted waters. We're in, you've got six, seven, eight, nine presidential candidates trying to ban fossil fuels. You've got states passing their own local uh, templated smoking ban and public health ban laws. And it just seems like there's so much going on that the industry isn't a part where they or isn't a time where they need to try new things and so you know you're not gonna hey you're not gonna bat a hundred percent you know you're not gonna bat a thousand here but right. but how, how much of this herd mentality is going on here do you know what i mean by that well i i, I kind of do i mean can you elaborate further on that well herd mentality is like everybody just kind of rushes towards something you know it's like okay well we everybody's got to get away like in the media everybody's got to get online okay well Everybody, yeah. everybody invested millions of dollars online, then went out of business. And I laugh because I tell people all the time, the worst business move I ever made in my life was going on the internet because I lost so much money. I will never make the amount of money I made. I, I invested back on the internet and all the newspapers, they're still trying to re recoup the millions they, they put into the internet. So that, that was a herd mentality thing. We all did it yeah. before we had a plan. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that, and I think I'll speak to that. Yeah. Um, here's what I think. I think, you know what's really popular right now in the media is to bash the heck out of the oil and gas industry. I think it's extremely popular. I think people love talking about it. I think it's it's fun. It's jazzy. You know, the next newest bankruptcy, you know, you know, 800 employees laid off here or there, 130 over there. I think that's what's popular, and that's what's that's what people want to talk about. I, I think that people, while they're talking about all of this going on in our industry right now, there are guys building businesses right now. There, there are guys that are really, really successful right now that have, that run great businesses. And so I think the, the industry gets kind of blindsided by, oh, it's terrible and, and nobody's going to make any money over here doing this or that or the other. And, and meanwhile, you have a select few that are putting their head down, their nose to the grindstone, they're working hard, and they're passionate about their business, 
and, and they're building something special. And that was Jordan Dyer with LFS Chemistry. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. I'd like to remind you folks that what you're hearing in the background is Blind Joe's Holiday Music. Downloads are available at thecrudelife.com. You can click on and purchase his album, download it, I guess. Five bucks, I believe, is what they're going for. And support a independent singer-songwriter. Of course, he made it all the way to The Voice, uh, some rounds with Blake Shelton. So he, he's a very accomplished independent. He's doing a great job. And yes, he really is blind. Blind Joe. All right, we'll turn it up and feel free to download his music at thecrudelife.com. This is Blind Joe. As we dream by the fire, face unafraid, plans that we've made, walking in a winter wonderland. Let's all frolic and play the Eskimo way, walking in a winter wonderland. Oh, let's go walking in a winter wonderland. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Welcome back to thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, with our weekly Davis Refinery update as he gives us an update on the Davis Refinery coming to the Bakken oil fields, more specifically, Belfield, North Dakota. This is William Prentice. The infrastructure for moving crude around is... Uh developing rapidly. Uh, the design for the uh, refinery, because of the nature of the crude, is going to be very similar to Davis. Uh, the only thing we have there that's different really is uh, a higher sulfur content. And uh, that means actually it's better than Bakken because we can use conventional uh, sulfur removal as opposed to Bakken requires a slightly more uh, custom uh, technology well, because Bakken uh, sulfur is so low, um, you know, and, and so it's it's just going to be a little bit more traditional refinery. It's going to be a little bit larger than than the Davis refinery. Uh, Texas uh, permitting is uh, 
from a regulatory point of view, uh, very similar to North Dakota. So our experience in uh, permitting the Davis refinery is directly applicable. In fact, the same guys are going to handle the entire process for us. Um, and uh, we're just excited to get it started. Uh, you know, we did the uh, land deal uh, back in February. Uh, we've been collecting information. We're just about to ready to start uh, soils and geology work there. And then, uh, then we'll be starting the permit process very quickly. I know I mentioned that the uh, action of going ahead with another refinery shows how much you believe in your technology, your innovation, and everything else. But, you know, also it shows that you guys have put together a model, a formula. Um, talk to me about the Meridian model that you guys have come up with, because it appears to me you guys are leveraging some technologies and some resources. Yeah, we're, uh, our intellectual property is not purely technical. Um, you know, the, if, uh, if you could still patent business methodology like Amazon did back in the day, uh, we'd be real busy with a patent application right now. Uh, but the technology itself is already proven. We're not, we're not doing anything that's uh, uh, bent scale, uh, you know, that needs to be proven. This is all uh, lead pipe cinch. We know it's going to work. Uh, the way we integrate it is different. The way we handle uh, the control technology is different. It's going to be the first uh, digital refinery in effect. Uh, so it, it embraces everything that's evolved over the last uh, couple of decades on information technology. And we find that that combination requires very little tweaking if when we move from one shale basin to another. Um, and so, therefore, uh, it's not a perfect cookie cutter, but uh, it's close enough for us, and we're going to take it elsewhere. Uh, the Walton Station uh, site is, is done. We're starting all the work necessary to, to move the permitting forward. Um, we have a third uh, location that we're inciting on right now uh, in the uh, Oklahoma uh, frame of reference. I won't be more specific than that, but that'll be our third location. And then, uh, then we'll branch out from there. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's some international interest, which we could handle through joint ventures and other relationships. To, I mean, that's getting way down the road. Um, you know, we're, we want to get Davis built and, uh, and Walton station permitted, um, before we start worrying too much about, uh, the distant future. Add is, uh, you know, people in North Dakota have been very patient with us. Uh, it's taken us a long time to get the permits. Uh, you know, it seems like it's taken a long time for the refinery to get started. It's it's awfully hard if you're in North Dakota to see uh, all of the work that's ongoing on Davis. Uh, you know, it's all engineering and, and procurement related, and it's all happening in Houston right now. So, I, I understand the impatience, and uh, I just want to apologize for that. Uh, there's going to be an increasing amount of activity at the site starting next year, because that's when we'll have foundation designs done, and we'll be ready to get those foundations started so that the modules can be installed as they're uh, fabricated and shipped. Um, so, you know, uh, we're eager to get the project built, and uh, I think uh, everybody that's 
that's helped us in North Dakota with this project, and uh, they're not going to be sorry that they did. And that was William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, with our weekly Davis Refinery update. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And that's going to do it for today's program. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in and joining us here at The Crude Life for our Week in Review. Of course, interviews are available all week at thecrudelife.com. But I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in and joining us here on the radio. We'll be back next week at this time on this radio station. For those of you streaming us on the net or downloading our podcast, we appreciate you joining us and uh, taking part in our content. Uh, There's a lot of places out there to get content, and so we appreciate you choosing this radio station and choosing this program as part of your weekly content. Also, Blind Joe, I'd like to thank him for being a part of today's program. Also, William Prentice with the Meridian Energy Group, Jordan Dyer with LFS Chemistry, Beth Demke with the Bismarck Gateway Science Center, and like I mentioned, Blind Joe for allowing us to play some of his holiday music, of course, you can purchase it. We have links at thecrudelife.com. It's $5 to download his holiday music, a little rowdy Christmas style, a little twang to the music here. Blind Joe is a very accomplished uh, musician. He really is blind, self-taught to play the guitar. And uh, this is uh, Holiday Music by Blind Joe. We're going to end the show on. So from the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies, wishing you a happy holiday And always remember, energy is more than an industry. It's a way of life. Take us out, Blind Joe. Better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Go, you better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. The kids in girl and boy land. Well, have a jubilee. They're gonna build a toyland all around that Christmas tree. So you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, man. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa, I want my presents. Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. 
the model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 